This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com, where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlanta, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back on another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. Jim Barcelona. I got to put some pizzazz at the end of this. One of my favorite people to talk professional wrestling with is here, the Miami Herald. Jim, good afternoon. How are you? Pizzazz is a good thing. <laughs> it is. Pizzazz is a good thing. Um, Sometimes I feel like the I feel yeah. like I'm in the I'm in the in the fifties with <laughs> I might I might be old enough to be from the fifties, so <laughs> go with the word pizzazz. That's the word of the day, everybody. Pizzazz. Absolutely. <laughs> Hashtag pizzazz. <laughs> um there was a lot of pizzazz in professional wrestling this week. And oh, I wanna boy. get you, it, it there was a lot going on. Lot lots going on in the wrestling news cycle, and it's happening very quickly. Like Rusev debuting in AEW last night's like the fourth biggest news story, it feels like. Really is. And just because with social media, so much behind the scenes, used to be back in the day, if, if you got a newsletter or something like that, you'd be into some of the gossip and some of the behind the scenes. But now, every, and then everything just expands. Every, it, not just in pro wrestling, I mean, in anything. It's just everything just then hyperventilates and expands and grows for better or worse, whatever side you want to take. But Rusev appearing that I really, really like the way they did that. We're the best man. Who's going to be the best man. Who's going to be the best man. And then Rusev comes out and now he can't escape these storylines. What's that? He can't escape these storylines. Like that's the last thing we saw him doing. That yeah, well, that's true too. As far as that goes, is it almost like Karen? I didn't think of that until you said that. Uh, is it almost like a, it's just just an extension from one to the other? Maybe they like the way you work that storyline. I mean, I'd like I to did see too, honestly. I'd like to see Rusev. I tweeted this today. I'd like to see Rusev. I think he's a Taz guy. You know, Brian Cage is a Taz guy, and who else? Ricky Starks is a Taz guy. Ricky's a little different, but I think Rusev fits. In that Taz mentality, that Taz mold, and maybe that's where they'll end up down the road doing something with him there. But I did like the way he came out. I like the way they introduced him, and it was a, a nice surprise. I, I try not to read things before the shows, yeah. so if it was out there, fine. But if it wasn't out there for me, it was a surprise. So it was really cool to see that. 
Strong disagree on the Rusev or on the Miro. Now we got to call him his new name, Miro, and Miro. Uh, the Taz front. I think what we've learned about him in the last couple of years, especially his social media, he's really funny. Like Rusev slash Miro is a funny guy, and he is awkward, and he's funny. He's got good timing. He's actually like a lovable giant type guy, and I think there is a lot of value in him as a just a badass in the ring when he needs to be, but on the mic and him being in storylines where they can just use his just natural likability, they should use that. I would not make him serious all the time and part of like an enforcer type thing. I, I don't think that's where he belongs. I'll say this. If he feels natural doing comedic, yes, fine. And, and that's good. And if that's the way to go, good, because I, there we say it's better to, when you feel it naturally, it, it resonates better on TV. So, but I will say this, you remember him with Cena, and you remember him in some of those battles that he had as a monster. He was really legit. I mean, mm-hmm. he really, you, you thought that, you bought into it. At least I did. And, and fans were there too. They, they really bought into him. He did get more popular because now he was throwing the comedy in, and he was going more toward the realm, now I want to be pleasing to the fans. Or the company said, let's try to make him a face and do it this way. But as a heel, he's awesome too. So it just depends which way they want to go. But you're right. If he's going to be comedic, I will say this, if, you, if they're going to do the comedic and the natural and humor and personality, no, you're right then. I, he is not a Taz guy. But if he goes to that first monster type Rusev, then to me, he is a Taz guy. I would agree. Yeah, it just depends on which way they go. And it seems like right now, placing him in the Penelope Ford, Kip Sabian triangle leads me to believe he's doing comedy. Yeah, yeah, true. Yes, I agree with that. Um, but, you know, John Moxley does it. that He's a badass in the ring, but he's still, when he's doing his promos with MJF, like he's still doing the back and forth. He's still making jokes. He's still very corny, very over the top. Like, it's just... I think you can, it, it's a fine line, but I think he can, he can juggle it. Um, speaking of AEW, I want to get your perspective on this. We were obviously talking about this a couple of days ago when we were talking about the podcast, but Matt Hardy has since returned. Um, this was a scary situation at All Out over the weekend, bad fall, the match against Sammy Guevara. He came out, cut a promo last night. He apologized to his family he had a different tone. Rebby was there. It seems like this is all cleared up, but it also seems like we will never really know what happened. Is that fair? That's where I'm at, where I'm just like, I don't think we're ever going to get a clear idea of what has happened with the Hardy situation over the last four days. What about you? You have to remember something, especially on his social media. He is a good manipulator. Yeah. And he is also... He also loves shock and surprise. I was waiting for something to happen last night at the end of that promo, and it didn't. But I would not be surprised if this builds to something where he, in role, dupes his family and wife and then also puts one over on the fans and just goes the other way toward that and then just blames everybody, blames his family, blames the fans. Instead of thanking and apologizing everybody like he did, he just comes out, or maybe his alter ego does that, 
Matt is doing this way, but yet the the alter ego Matt, uh, all the, the different types of characters that he plays, the deletion and everything comes out and goes the other way on it. I, I, I expect there is going to be more with this and from this from Matt. Remember, he said that he was going to take some time off to heal up. Matt Hardy said that. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's see what happens here. If with deletion and all the the kookiness of, of his other sides uh, come out and then and plays off that and does something like that, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see something like that. Actually, that's what I think is going to happen. Well, let's we'll wait it out and see how it goes. He just seemed so, and I'm sure he was sincere, but he just seemed so nice and so apologetic last night. A little more. It was not what I was expecting at all. Right. I wasn't expecting that either. <laughs> I thought they were going to keep but him off TV. I thought they were going to just avoid this for a week. I'm surprised it, they did this. It's just, it's in, he apparently was cleared. Everything was cleared. and But there were questions him, whether or not he was, what he was cleared from. Did he have a right, confession or not? Because right. there was miscommunication Tony Khan says there. He didn't. Right. Exactly. Tony Khan tweeted out that he did not. So I, who knows? But. I, I think they're leading to something with this, more so. And right, will we ever find out? No, but come on. If he does have a concussion, or did, and still does, then you're going to want, first of all, if there's too many eyes and ears out there, someone's going to find out what, what the report is. And you can't falsify records. You can't falsify medical reports or anything like that. The, they'll lose their license. Or if, if it's someone outside of the medical field, they're going to get arrested for doing things like that. You can't script an angle while false. You can't sue. That's another thing. You can't sue someone in an angle. Legit. It's it, without it being legit. I mean, you could do it and play it as an angle, but if it's only an angle only, you can't do that. There's too much that legally you're going to get in trouble with the government and with law enforcement and those lines and the same thing in the medical field. So all indications are that it wasn't as serious as it looked, but still you got to be cautious and see what happens. I was surprised that he drove home. How about that? He, he did that. And then it said, cause I remember reading on Twitter that Tony Khan, I want to say Tony Khan, said that he's been cleared, he's good, he had the MRI, everything's good, and he's driving home. And I'm like, whoa, he's driving? Oh my gosh, okay. Yeah. So, I don't, you know, I don't know. I just don't know. But I, I think it's leading up to something more. What actually happened, who knows? In hindsight, maybe they could take a little more precautions when doing things like that. Like the table was there and the cement was there. Maybe have some type of mats around the table, around the area where you're going to make a fall. I mean, it's easy, like I said, again, in hindsight, to work these things out and, and do these things. But, I mean, the guys wanted to do it. I, and when watching that a few times, did Sammy go too hard on that? Not just the fall. I mean, on the lift. They overshot the lift. Yeah. Was that because they both did? Was that because Matt did? Was that because Sammy did? Who overshot on there? And that that's something I haven't read about. And I'm just I'm curious to, to find that part of it out. 
who's at fault per se to the way they landed and how it went off because they had to, it wasn't just a fall. They lifted and went. So it was like, Whoa, how, how did that go about? Maybe the adrenaline or both of them carried that way, but maybe not. So, but we'll, we'll, uh, it'll be interesting to see any, if we find out any more information and where it goes from here. Are you excited to see him chase an AEW championship or do you, are you, are you good on this front? Well, that's the thing because if he goes against Moxley, to me, I always like it better when you have the face and the heels. So if he goes against Moxley, it would be great if he turned, did this turn and switch and did that and then go after that. If he's going after the TV title, obviously, then you already have the heels. So why do that? To have him a title run? You know what? I, I remember. I wouldn't hate him in the inner circle. We'll be interesting to see. That, that would be interesting, too, if, if he was in the inner circle. I'm wondering because he did an interview. Oh, he did an interview with Chris, Chris Van Vliet. He did an interview with Chris Van Friend Vliet. Friend of the pod, Chris mm-hmm. Van Vliet. Chris is just awesome at his interviews. And during that interview, he said that he doesn't know how much longer he has, but he knows that he's, the time is winding down. I'm thinking after that incident the other night, that, yeah, if you're going to go for a title, you best do it now. And that was my takeaway from that because then we'll see Matt behind the scenes or training or both others and doing things like that, that this is his time. Okay, this was a really good scare. Apparently, it wasn't a concussion. Apparently, you're not seriously injured. Take some time off. And when you come back, you're going to go for a title run. Go after the title see what happens, and then we'll, we'll see then where you want to be with your career. What do you think we should do now and do it like that? So I, I kind of gauge that it's, it's winding down for him in the ring. Who do you think is going to be the leader of Retribution? Oh, uh, I, that's... I, <laughs> <laughs> is it, you know who it is? It's the Hacker. Maybe that's the hack. This is the long game. It's the hacker. Well, listen, hey, Retribution has already got bumped from one show, so how about that? It is. How big a deal is Retribution when they. Now they're they're allegedly they're raw only, but they're Retribution. How could that be? They can be anywhere. Right. They're so hardcore, (laughs) they get told which shows they can actually disrupt. Exactly. Exactly. So there's the hashtag hypocrisy. <laughs> I, I'm not, a, I don't know, not so much a fan of the retribution. So uh, it's, I don't know if it really adds much. I think doing it a couple of times have been okay. And now it's just, it's going on and on and on. And I, I like, like when Nexus came out, you knew who they were. There it was. They made a stand. They did what they did. They tore up everything and you went from there. You can only keep this up for so long. And then when you get the buildup like this, when you do it for so long, and then here's the leader and here are the others, and now you know who they are, it sort of then takes it away. Rather than you do this, boom, once, twice, all right, now you know who everybody is. Now we go from there. It's like you lose some of that identity, no pun intended, for the whole retribution, when you carry it out longer and longer and longer, then it loses itself because you're expecting them not to know who they are. And now you know who they are and okay, now what? 
now what do you do? You know, they're going to try to do this, this, and that. Yeah, but it was, it was better when they were when you didn't know because you kept them under wraps for so long, rather than one or two, and then boom, show who they are, and then go from there. So, yeah, not not too, not too much uh, into retribution. I'm a little. I don't know if you're you're here yet, uh, Jim, but uh, starting to think that taking the title off Ray Ripley was not the best idea NXT's ever had. Well, she's good. That match, she's really good. And Mercedes you know what Martinez is also awesome. And she is. Mercedes Martinez is one of the best ever. And to do it as long as she did at a high level, she's really helped elevate women's wrestling. And the thing with Rhea, she is so young. So taking the belt off her at the time and in the situation, the match, and with Charlotte, I didn't have a problem with that. She's going to have more title runs, whether it be NXT, Raw, SmackDown. So there will be more time with Rhea Ripley as a champion. When you have a champion, especially in WWE, which includes all of that, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, when I say WWE, having international champions serves a lot for the international market, which they are as you know, very expansive globally. So to do that with whether it's EO or Rhea or any of the international talent, that's something WWE always tries to do. Drew McIntyre now as well. You can go down the list here, but to see that. So at least eventually the title went back to an international talent and now they're creating the buzz there, I just think that we'll see Rhea. Rhea will be in, wearing the gold again, and it will be at some point down the road. It, it, she just says there's so much upside. I mean, you can give her the championship now or like they did, and you know that a lot of the champions aren't holding it for that long a time. It's not like the old days with wrestling championships. So you take it over take it off her. Yeah, Charlotte had it. Okay. But we, we figured that was going to be short term. And then eventually now you have another champion and you're seeing how that talent does with the title as well. Still with NXT, even though it's its own brand, it's built up like this. It's still a lot of proving ground for some of the talent that's there. And what you'll have with NXT is they'll put a belt on someone who deserves it, but then they'll see how that person does with that belt and how they carry themselves in and out of the ring and how they handle all the responsibilities that go with being a champion, not just having these main event matches or title matches, but all the other promotional work that they have to do and commercialing and branding that they have to do. And you want to get a feel for that. And then you want to make sure that you have enough talent that have that role to gauge if it's a hit or miss with them. So I think Rhea Ripley is one of the most outstanding young talents that in pro wrestling anywhere. And I see her, she'll be, she'll have her title run and runs again. Speaking of title runs, Finn Balor, it's back on top at NXT. 
he and Adam Cole are just, uh, you're not going to believe this, Jim, but uh, they're both very good professional wrestlers. <laughs> oh, man. That, wow. That is... The... I hope you were sitting down for that. Revolution. I was actually. Okay. That was that was this, that's the statement of the year right there. Oh yeah, for for twenty twenty. <laughs> I love okay, so Mike Pellucci, friend of the pod of the Athletic, um, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago when Karrion Cross had to drop the title that who was gonna win and he had this beautiful case for Johnny Gargano. And I just I was like, There's a zero percent chance Johnny Gargano is going to be an XG champion again and I'm also not a big heel Johnny guy at all, but I was like, okay, my heart says I think Adam Cole getting it back would be the most interesting. I really do because I think he is changing as a character and I think they're really trying when fans are back, he's going to be a baby face. And I think a baby face Adam Cole title run would be fun. And I also think it'd be cool to see where they go with Karrion Cross when he comes back and just having, cause we, we, we already started with that with the, the time and the clocks ticking and all that kind of stuff. And they never had their moment. You could do that and revisit it. Um, but Balor made the most sense. Cause like he's been back for a year now, like in their head, <laughs> what is the point of wasting? He is, I think 40 or turning 40 this year. Like we're wrapping up the end of Finn Balor's prime. And what was the point of sending him away from SmackDown and raw if you were not going to invest in him all the way and they're finally pulling the trigger on him back on top. Um, I'm happy for him. This is good. And I think NXT needed this. And I think, uh, I think this is going to be a good thing. And uh, I'm okay with watching Finn Balor wrestle matches. The time for Balor. We saw Adam Cole, who's one of the best, if not the best out there. He might be the best wrestler. And what, what a professional and what a professional too outside the ring. He's just, it's so good with every he, he is well hold like on. a John Cena Pat in the sense show? of a company guy. Lot of foul language. It was all no. real. <laughs> <laughs> Again, company guy doing what he needs to do. <laughs> <laughs> so it and he had that long run. So I was glad that Finn got his vindication, retribution, whatever you want to call. Finn was able to oh, go no, back because Finn run retribution. He got his retribution. Oh, oh I think you're on to well, something. Uh, I hope not. But anyhow, so, <laughs> so if, if then coming back, was he coming back to help elevate others, have great matches? Now we know, good. Finn's back, and situation happened, and they put the title on Finn. And, and that's really good, because now when Karrion returns, he can have the battle with Finn. And that's going to be a classic battle, a, a war in itself. And that'll be something really cool to see. So I think there were a lot of factors that went into decision-making of, all right, which way are we going to go? Hey, let's put Finn back on top. We've already had Adam on top for a long time, and deservedly so. Well, let's put Finn on top, and then when Karen comes back, we could uh, play that up. So I like it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I like Johnny Gargano better as a face. The fans really get into him. They love that uh, Johnny champion and Johnny wrestler and things like that and having the crowd with him. Uh, I do like, though, Candice LeRae turning. That uh, is really something I like to see her more of, more so than Johnny. But I get it why they did it with both of them and uh, going that route. You, You don't know until you try. So 
you see how things go. But I, I'm glad they went with Finn. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun, and I think this is going to be. And what I'm happiest about with NXT is they're probably going to move off Wednesdays, which is better for all of us. It's better for everybody. Like NXT on Tuesdays is so much better. I prefer Thursdays um, because I watch Impact on Tuesdays. But um, right, I, I was going to say that. Just get them off Wednesday. That's all I want. Just get them off Wednesday and get rid of the dumbest Twitter arguments. Get rid of all of this. I don't like having to think about both. I don't. I'm so happy that uh, that seems like something that's going to happen and they're receptive to. Um, a couple weeks into the heel Roman Reigns character, do you like it? Yeah, I do. I like that they put him with Paul Heyman. I mean, that that just. First of all, Roman did not want to compete back when COVID started because he was worried about health and family, which is, which is true. And, and I think everyone that understands what's going on can understand that. I like the fact that he returned and they're putting him in these situations where he doesn't have to be out there a long time. and He doesn't have to interact with a lot of people so he can still be very cautious with health and family health and also be a part of what he's doing so far. Because if you think about it, he hasn't been in the ring all too much still. We've seen in the backstage segments, we've seen him come out and destroy people. But even in that main event match they had at Payback, he came out when they were already down and defeated. It's, it's almost like they're setting this whole scenario up where they're giving him more time. They're getting him on TV, but they're still giving him more time where he doesn't have to do so much interaction with others yet. And I think that has been part of the plan and putting with Heyman and having that aspect of it. And Paul Heyman could say, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, he'll be out there when he's good and ready. Oh, Paul, oh, Paul Heyman's. Oh, no, no, no. I'm making my own decisions. Roman's telling. But Paul Heyman's pulling the strings. I think that part of it, sort of the behind the scenes and then what we're seeing has sort of been well played by all parties and making it safe for Roman. I'm into it. This is the best Roman Reigns character we've ever had. Like, Roman's best stuff is when he is just a badass. Because Roman Reigns is a very good professional wrestler. He's very good. What he's not good at is talking, doing the John... Like, the what made that so bad, the John Cena and Roman Reigns stuff, is that it's just not who he is. Like, he was trying to be something he was not. And they want him to be... Like, when you're at the top babyface in Vince McMahon's world, you have to be a certain kind of character. And that character does not fit what Roman Reigns' actual skill set is, which is have a mouthpiece, let him walk around. Like, his presence is top-notch. He comes across like a star. He's great at that. He knows how to work main event matches, but he cannot talk. And he is so bad at talking, and he is so bad at doing that hokey-dokey stuff that John Cena just mastered. It's just not who he is. He's not comfortable there. He'll never be comfortable there. Like, when you watch interviews with him, he's an introvert. That guy is clearly someone who keeps to himself. He's someone, good family guy, all that kind of stuff. But he loves being isolated. He, It's clear he's not a vocal, in-your-face, rah-rah type dude. And that's what they figured out with Moxley. Like, Moxley rarely talks, but when he does, it's funny. But most of his stuff is just, I'm going to come out of the ring really cool. Like, that's his thing. It's like, I'm going to walk to the ring in a really cool way, wear some cool attire, hit my paradigm shift, and leave. Roman Reigns just walking into an arena, spearing people to death, and then leaving. It's cool. Wreck shit and leave. That's all he has to do. And people will like him. 
and I think it's amazing it took like 10 years to get here. But, hey, they're here. Well, it's interesting, too, because a lot of what you said, that is, I think that is very accurate. And there are no fans. Yeah, they have the virtual, but there are no fans. And when you're doing that, so you don't have the kids there. Because Roman is one of those that, like a Cena, like a Mysterio, kids really like Roman Reigns. So you're deciding, well, look, we don't have fans. We don't have the kids coming to shows anyway because we don't have fan, live fans there. We don't have fans in seats, actual fans in seats. I think that's another aspect where you could say, yeah, let's do this now. Because then maybe down the road, whenever that is, and we get fans to come back to actually sit and watch the shows inside an arena, you don't have that. So you don't have those kids wanting a high five or to make their signs and show Roman and have them come over to them and things like that. It's just, it's a different dynamic now. And I think by doing this now, it, it serves its purpose for several reasons and the health and family health factor and where no fans are in the seats. And like you said about the, the speaking, he doesn't have to cut a promo now because he has Paul Heyman to do it. Just like when Brock Lesnar was there, Brock didn't have to cut the promos because Paul is there and Paul do that and does an incredible job at it. And when you are seen but not heard, that sometimes makes you even more badass. Undertaker for all those years, whether he was the Undertaker or the American badass, didn't have to say too much. He just had that aura and that presence about him. And that's what you can get with Roman Reigns and have him pull him and cut those promos. I'm about it. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad this is a thing. So it's uh, it's going to be good. Um, I I don't know how to cover this part of it, honestly. It seems like we're going to get more cuts. We... Lesnar's gone, which I don't know how they're making cuts when you take uh, Brock Lesnar's contract off the books. That had to open up all <laughs> kinds of money. We already know from Kurt Angle how much it's going to cost to pry him away. Like having him off the books, it's got to be great. <laughs> yeah. The, yes. <laughs> I don't understand it. It's just, listen, you, you, Okay. I, I listen. I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to defend the company side, but I always try to look at the company side. All right. You have a business, right? Forget about pro wrestling. You have a business. You have a hundred employees in your business. Only eighty of them are working. Why are you going to pay the other twenty? True. You're trying to make money now. Take take the. But they're making more money the, than ever. Take they the employee, take the well, that, and that very well could be. And get, all right, well then I'll throw it this way too at you. You're an owner. Would you rather? And, and I, please try to take the heart and the person and the the personal feeling out of it. Should they do these things? I agree with you. Yes, they really. I, I wish they wouldn't cut anybody, and I wish they paid everybody, and they can increase salaries and things like that. Totally get it. Yes, but from a company side, any company, you're the owner of a company. And they're going to tell you, hey, 
You can make a million dollars this year. You can make well, you could take that million dollars this year, or you can make two million dollars this year. As an owner, this is just common sense. I want to make two million dollars. Then, if I can make two million, well, we're going to this. Well, if that's what it is, that's what it is. We're going to have to cut these twenty people to do that. Well, what do they wait? What do they do? Well, really, we're not doing anything with them, really. Whatever business it is, we're not, they're not really doing anything. We've got our 80 people, and they're doing the job, and we're getting everything done. Well, I hate to do it, but as a business person and why we're here, that's what I'm doing. Listen, this isn't, it, that's the thing that gets me, though. We're not talking a nonprofit. We're not talking a charity. <laughs> we're, we're talking about a revenue-making company. Now, you can argue that, well, when is enough enough? You know what? Never. Never. You can, and you could take that up to the Bill Gates and anyone else, the Warren Buffetts and anyone else in the corporate world, whether it be pro wrestling or anything else business-wise, that's what they're there for, to make money. If they're going to be a charity, they're going to open up a 401. They're going to do a, a nonprofit then, and they're going to open up some type of charitable organization and do something like that. But that's the way it is. I just think that if, if they're cutting people that they're using – that I don't like. I don't like they're cutting people anyway, but if they're cutting people that they're not using, I don't see why you have to pay somebody for who's not doing any work. Flames from Jim today. A lot of flames. <laughs> but I always try to think of it from a corporate way. Well, why are they doing that? Why is that happening? Well, obviously they're doing it because they want to make more money and they want to, and they're, maybe they're paying for something else. Maybe there's something else they're putting that money toward. Business-wise, a, a streaming service, some I don't know, but anything corporate-wise that may be saying, okay, listen, we need this amount of money to do this. Uh, how are we going to get there? Well, we're making all that we're making this. You know, it's always easy from the outside. It's always easy from the outside to say, oh, wow, look, they made $500,000. Why should they cut anybody? Well, you know, until you're in that shoes and in that business situation and you're seeing what else is going on, it's easy to say it. It's easy for us to say it. It's easy for me to say it. Why should they do that? Why should they make cuts? But cuts happen. And that's in any, in any workforce, though, that happens. It's not just pro wrestling. It's everywhere. Big sure. corporate business. That's what happens. When you're a publicly traded company, especially when you're a publicly traded company and you're a big company business, and you have to answer to the board and others and shareholders. That's what happens. Look, look, go, go into the NASDAQ, go into the S&P 500, wherever you want to look in there. Every company does that. And if you want to keep everybody, then go nonprofit because that's the only way that you're going to be able to do that. It, it, there's a growing process, but also there's a declining process as well as far as employment goes. And during the pandemic, we've seen a lot of the decline all over, everywhere, every business and all. And you could look at a Starbucks, you could look at a Walmart and say, but look at how much money they're making. I mean, everyone's still using, look at Amazon, look at what they're doing. And they're, and they're laying off people and, and putting people, uh, cutting back. So yeah, it's difficult. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes there and why they're doing this, and I can only speculate that they're doing it because they're not using certain people. Uh, that's my speculation on that one. But, oh boy, yeah, only in a company. It's, 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 <laughs> it's different. It's an interesting dynamic. Well, Jim, this has been great. 
per usual. Um, what can we check out from you this week in the Miami Herald or across the, the internet sphere? Yeah, well, let's see. I interviewed Hiram Garcia. Hiram is like The Rock's right-hand man. He's a producing partner with Seven Bucks Productions. His sister, Danny Garcia, who was married to The Rock and just runs everything, is a manager of The Rock and runs Seven Buck Productions, and also will run the XFL, by the way. Kudos to Danny. (laughs) Hiram also, who knew, is an excellent photographer and wears many hats. And he just released a book, Through the Lens, The Rock, his life, his movies, his world. And it has black and white and color photos, all photos that Hiram took of moments offset, onset, family moments, early moments, moments where rocks and thought. It's just, it's an amazing book. So I interviewed Hiram about that and about Hiram. It's interesting. When I always say the name of Brian Gewertz, I hope I said yes. it right. Sorry, From Brian, if Arrested I butchered it. Okay. Yes. And it wasn't just, Brian was central, focal, yes. But it was also Hiram. Hiram was also helping too with Rock trusted Hiram. They've known each other for many years. He he trusted Hiram. So it was Brian, Rock, and Hiram would brainstorm on different ideas. And then that one thing led to another. Rock got a call to Hollywood. Who did he bring with him? He brought Hiram with him. And then Hiram changed his whole, he loved production and that changed. But anyway, I got so I got an interview with Hiram and a story about that. And that'll be interesting. I spoke to PJ Black, Ring of Honor has its pure title tournament. They're resurrecting mm. the pure title tournament that AJ Styles first won back in the day. That was for a few years, and then it's been long gone for a while. They unified the titles. I want to say Daniel Bryanson and Nigel McGuinness unified the titles, and now they're resurrecting. They're having a tournament that starts this weekend. It's going to be going for eight weeks. PJ's a part of that. It, yeah, it'll be really good. And so talk to PJ about it, being from South Africa, his time in WWE, what's it like with Ring of Honor. Base jumping, crazy. And that how he like, like destroyed his body when he yes, got really, really yeah, hurt. Yeah, he, he loves it. Yeah, he yeah. still does. Yes, and he says, so you know about this. See, and he, and he still does. <laughs> I said, maybe just take it easy on the base jumping. He literally so lost he like just, a finger, he didn't he? He lost something he or a did. toe. They yeah. reattached, but okay. they reattached. <laughs> but he did, but he, he other injuries too more serious, but he loves that base jumping and it's just crazy and insane and doing that. And then I also... I don't get out much just because of the bubble, but I did travel the Professional Fighters League, which is an MMA group, and they do it a little different. They do like a, a playoff format. So they have a regular season, then they have a playoff format, and then they come to championship night, and they award each champion a million-dollar check. So New Year's Eve, Madison Square Garden, Kayla Harrison, who was a two-time Olympic gold medalist for the U.S. in judo, she trains at American Top Team in South Florida. She won a championship New Year's Eve, million bucks, and really good MMA fighters in there. But they do it like a season, so it's different in their format. Regular season, then they go to playoffs, and then they get to the championship. The CEO, Peter Murray, has some Florida ties, family down here. He was in town, so met with him at the office, and we did a video interview to talk about PFL took 2020 off. One of the rare ones. They actually took 2020 off. They said, no, with COVID and everything, we're going to take 2020 off. We're going to centralize on our digital and our branding and our platforms and have content that way. 
and then we'll get ready for 2021. So we talked a lot about that. We talked about Lillian Garcia, too, because Lillian Garcia is the official ring announcer for the Professional Fighters League. Hmm. So we talked a little bit about Lillian as well. Yes, and she uh, such, such such talent. Singer, podcast host. She does interviews for PFL as well. Some of the branding and channels and different digital platforms. She's involved with that, interviewing some of the talent. So really, really cool to talk to him and talk about PFL and what they're doing in the MMA world because South Florida is just so hot for MMA. I mean, between American Top Team and Sanford MMA and Masters Miami, there's a lot of good talent down here in South Florida and a lot of talent on the UFC shows, the Bellator, the PFL. It's uh, it's really cool. So I, I do a lot of MMA, so I try to keep up with MMA and do some MMA stuff as well when I can. So just keeping busy with that. But those are the latest ones that we'll have uh, that we're posting and putting up, and just uh, keeping up with everything. And, and locally, Gangrel's Wrestling Asylum (GWA) actually has a show Sunday. They're coming back. They're doing a student show, and it will be available on Facebook and YouTube on their Gangrel's Wrestling Asylum (GWA) social media so fans can check that out and watch from there live on Sunday afternoon. So that'll be good to see us getting a little bit back to normal on the indie level in South Florida and check some of the things out that's going on and just keep up with everything pro wrestling. And I got to say this before we leave MLW. I just got it's an email back. today about yeah, major league wrestling doing their, they're changing to now Wednesday nights, but they're going at seven o'clock instead of, can we go ahead and start of, here? This is bullshit. And I love their Saturday show. It was great. It's a, it was a part of my Saturday routine. MLW is like my maybe outside of AEW my favorite weekly watch. Like I went down to oh, big Jacob MLW. Fatu They're great. Is in, oh my god, Hammerstone Fatu. You go down the line with them. Filthy Tom Lawler. There's a lot of real. Devon Eriks. There's a lot of really good talent there. And yes, I was like, oh no, Wednesday nights. And then I was like, well, at least they're going at seven and not clock so but it makes wednesday night you know a lot of times too it's getting to a point where it's just you got to pick and choose when to watch so even though a show is going on a certain time you could still go different places don't do this don't sell this this is bullshit mlw (laughs) it's time to go backwards we're not allowing this i liked you on saturdays i'm not gonna go down this okay i won't talk yeah i won't i won't talk you out of it that's all (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have a very strong, fair assessment of it. Saturday, we need more weekend wrestling. Like, Velocity was great. I love my Saturday wrestling. Like, that, more shows should do Saturday. Don't be afraid of the Here's, weekend. All right. That's what I was just going to say, though. But that's what I was just going to say. Because when I first got the email, I was like, uh, here, I know why. Of course. College football and the NFL are back. Yeah. And now they're all scrambling, and it's like, all right, do we want to run Saturday? Do we want to run Sunday? Ugh. And it's like, all right, and now we got to go Monday night. Ross to go against Monday night football, and pay-per-views on Sunday nights have to go against Sunday night football. And if you're putting a show on now, I'm, I'm I don't know this. Haven't talked to anyone, Mr. Saint Laurent, Court Bauer, no one. I got that email with the information, but I thought, ah, uh, this is a they don't want to deal with college football, and they're trying to pick a night where they don't have to deal with any football. And possibly that's why they went with Wednesday. We'll find out. Who knows? But that's my good guess at it. Well, I'll never forgive him for it. So um, we're at war, MLW. 
You and I. We're going to war. Um, <laughs> you're going to war. You're going, wait, are you, on, are you going against Contra? I am going against Contra. That's what's it's happening. It's the third bat. Now we have three. We have three. MLW, Contra, and you. And you going against them. We got to think of a cool name. We'll have to come up with a cool name. That is your Not assignment. Not retribution, though. That is your yes, assignment until the next assignment. podcast is the name. Yes. All right, good. <laughs> Listen, thanks for having me on. Hope everything goes well with everything. And any other time, just let me know. Will do, my man. We will talk soon. Have a great weekend. Okay, bye-bye. This is Ben Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.